It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to Sunstein Sessions on iHeartRadio. Conversations about issues that matter. Here's your host, three-time Gracie Award winner, Shelly Sunstein. Good morning to the legendary John Sebastian, founder of the Love and Spoonful, a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, a performer at Woodstock, though he didn't know it when he showed up at the time. We'll get to that. And the man who gave us these songs, You Didn't Have to Be So Nice, also, Nashville Cats, do you believe in magic? Did you ever have to make up your mind? Welcome back. The theme from Welcome Back, Cotter, so many more. Thank you for joining us, John. How are you? How did you survive the shutdown and the pandemic? You know, I was uh, very lucky in, in what was happening for me. Uh, Arlen Roth and I have been friends for a very long time. And uh, he had suggested that I do an album of the old songs, but with just he and I doing them. Huh. And uh, essentially, uh, that's what the new project is. Uh he and I got together and sort of did everything as duets. And then the pandemic hit. So, but it was so well-timed that it allowed us to go back to our individual studios, a way we very often operate and uh, send stuff to each other. But it was uh, remarkably little. We, we didn't fill it up. It's, it's still got a kind of a homey feel to it. So what songs are on the album? Uh, pretty much, you name it. Uh, do you believe in magic? You didn't have to be so nice. Did you ever have to make up your mind? Jug band music. Uh, didn't want to have to do it. Uh, sort of like that. Do you have a favorite I know it's like asking who's your favorite child, but honestly, is there a favorite or one you're most proud of? Well, you know, the first time you get something that actually goes on billboard charts and cash box charts, right. that's that's really the first visible thing. So certainly Do You Believe in Magic has a special place. But on this album, I'd have to say that this one tune, we started off as an instrumental, uh, didn't want to have to do it. And I worked out a bunch of elaborate harmonica echoes for this tune because it goes, didn't want to have to, didn't want to have, does that kind of thing. So I had it all worked out. And then Arlen's daughter, Lexi Roth, uh, heard this and said, wait a minute, I, let me take a crack at this. I love this song. So what happened was she did such a great vocal that uh, we ended up dumping all of this instrumental stuff off. So for me right now, didn't want to have to do it has a kind of a special thing to it. One thing is that it's not me singing. Wow. 
you know, I've asked other songwriters this, and everybody has a different answer. How do you know when a song is finished? Yeah, and that's a hard thing. Uh, and uh, sometimes if your mental state is not uh, where it should be, uh, you're, you're going to make that kind of a mistake of going too long or not finishing. Uh, uh, you know, inspiration is a weird thing. I love Dolly Parton's uh, uh, comments about inspiration, where she says that it's sort of flying by like a cloud. And if you don't catch it, she says, you know, I, I can't I got to I got to stop and do this, because if I don't, I know that Willie down the street is going to hear this thing. <laughs> You know, as if inspiration just sort of goes down the road. So, you know, it, it, it's an odd and wonderful thing. So do you do you get all consumed with it or do you just know? You know, uh, sometimes it's the kind of tune that you go, oh, I got to stop. I got to finish this thing. I got to get a third verse and get it done. There's other times, and I've had these, uh, where it takes a whole summer. There's a tune called Face of Appalachia that uh, I co-wrote with Lowell George. And uh, in Lowell sent me a musical bed and I said, wow, that's cool. That sounds sort of like Face of Appalachia or something. And he goes, that's it, Face of Appalachia, write that. Huh. So I then spent the summer writing a song about uh, how my grandfather uh, had always hoped to walk the Appalachian Trail with me. And uh, so the song, really, it took a whole summer. What song came easiest to you, John Sebastian? Make up your mind was pretty fast. I had to write it in a taxi ride uptown. <laughs> what do you mean you had to write it in the? It just came to you in the taxi. Well, uh, there was a a bed. I Zali and I had already kind of found this. Um, this particular kind of I don't know. We felt like it was sort of a New Orleans groove. And uh, that was sort of the frame. And I just was on the way uptown because I was going to this session and I knew that I had to have these lyrics. And so I wrote it on the back of a lucky strike pack that's <laughs> somewhere in the depths of the Cleveland Hall of Fame. Oh, it's nice that it's preserved and kept. That's awesome. Yeah. Huh. So it wasn't about specific people. Oh, it was. Oh, tell me this story. This one I got to hear. Well, I actually I can tell it because I had a severe comeuppance from the younger sister of uh, two really wonderful people that I spent. Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, one of whom with which I spent uh, several summers at summer camp. And uh, so there there was a moment when her big sister showed up and her big sister indeed was very beautiful and uh it it uh it uh, it didn't really develop into anything but it did stop me for a minute and uh i'm severely reprimanded by both sisters to this day
How old were you at the time at summer camp? Maybe 17. That is fantastic. That's fantastic. And the song Welcome Back, did you specifically write that for the TV show Welcome Back, Cotter? Yes. Yes, it was specifically done. I got the the most, you know, tritest kind of uh, invitation. Uh, Producer calls me, says, would you come on down? We need a kind of a New York writer to write this uh, thing that we're working on. I go down there, they play me a couple of, uh, uh, you know, uh, rough dubs and, and uh, early versions and rehearsals of uh, this material. And uh, I immediately saw it as, oh, yeah, this is the guys from my neighborhood, you know, and they're welcoming back this guy that was a bad student now teaching bad students. And I always thought that uh, this would be the kind of thing that uh, those guys would go, welcome back. But they do it like this. Welcome back. So that's uh, sort of the the flavor that I was trying to get in the song. And I, I went home. I wrote the song and, and I made a toy record of it by the next day. And I had it to him. And that was that. And it was an iconic TV show. I'm speaking with John Sebastian, founder of the Love and Spoonful, member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And now I get to ask you the Woodstock story. So you perform at Woodstock, but you weren't supposed to. You were you were just supposed to be enjoying the concert like so many thousands of others. <laughs> what, what happened? Well, I, I, I hope your listeners won't get bored stiff because I've told this story so many times. It's sort of like uh, it's sort of like Carl Perkins telling the blue suede shoes story. But here goes. I, I was indeed uh, not invited uh, to uh, go to that particular festival, but I did find a way to get there by talking a friend of mine who happened to be in a helicopter uh, to go to the site. And uh, I was there for a day and a half. And then sometime Saturday afternoon, uh, some of the rains uh, had let up a little bit. And uh, I, I was on the stage at the time and uh, all of a sudden I had chipmunk on one side and Michael on the other saying, you know, uh, we need somebody to hold them because the stage is wet and we can't put uh, electric uh, instruments on it. So, so we need somebody to hold them just like somebody with one guitar acoustic and I'm, I'm not looking at them, but I'm agreeing. And then I look left and right and realize that they're looking at me. And I say, you, you mean me? I said, I, I didn't show up with an instrument. I, I, you know, I barely have a thumb pick in my pocket. And they said, look, uh, you have a few minutes to find a guitar. And so that's what I did. I went down in the sort of basement of the stage there and uh, Tim Harden was relaxing. And uh, there he had a harmony sovereign. And I said, could I borrow it? And uh, two minutes later, I was on stage. And what was that like? Did you realize that history was being made a moment in music history that would never be replicated? 
I did have an inkling of that, but that's not the primary thing that hits a player who is going on a stage. Uh, I, I'm often people often think that uh, this was some miraculous thing. And I want to demystify this because all of us players, we'd all played for 12 people. We'd played for 40 people and we eventually got to where we were playing for 200. And what you learn when you do that is what's going to prepare you for an unreasonably large group of folks. And that is really within minutes, I felt very comfortable on that stage because it was like uh, a hundred, uh, you know, coffee tables where you're passing a joint around and everybody's enjoying the music. And, and, and so it, it, it was for later to say, wow, that was this epic thing uh, in the moment. You're just trying to remember the second verse. And now you live in Woodstock. Of course, that was in Bethel. And I just yeah. visited with my husband over the summer and everybody should go. But how would you end up in Woodstock? Why? Well, uh, actually, I got an early invitation from Bob Dylan. And this is back when neither one of us were famous. Uh, and uh, he was, I think, probably, you know, looking for players for what would eventually become, you know, his first electric band. But I was invited up here to Woodstock and I said to, to Albert and where Bob was living at the time. And uh, we had uh, about a, a, a week, a week and a half where we were just sitting around playing. And uh, I, I guess that was the dawn of an idea that later Bob would asked me if I wanted to join him, you know, on the road. Well, I, I did have a week where I was on the road, not playing with him. Uh, and uh, as time went on, when I actually had Bob call me from the payphone uh, to ask if I wanted to go out on the road at that point, I'd already kind of gotten the spoonful going and, and me and Yanofsky were uh, tight like thieves. And, and, and so it was, uh, I said, Bob, I, I, <laughs> I, I may regret this, but I gotta say, I gotta do this thing. So that's how that went. Wow. But you stayed in Woodstock. I thank you, John Sebastian, his new album with Arlen, Arlen yeah. Roth. Yeah. John Sebastian and Arlen Roth explore the Spoonful Songbook. You've been listening to Sunstein Sessions on iHeartRadio, a production of New York's Classic Rock, Q104.3. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.